I truly hope you're doing well today. Let's begin with a word of prayer, inviting our Father, the Lord Jesus, and the Holy Spirit to be with us. Father, we come in the name of Jesus, and Lord Jesus, we long to experience more of your presence. And we ask that the presence of the Holy Spirit would be manifested in this time and in our day-to-day walk. We do thank you that you allow us to host the beloved guest. And as we spend some time talking here today, may you be the teacher. May you inspire us. May you invite us even more closely into your wonderful embrace. We need it, that's for sure. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You know, it's it's clear to all of us, as wonderful as the Christian life is and as generous as God is to us through Jesus and the Spirit, that some of the teachings of Scripture are not easy to carry out in, well, day-to-day practicality. Maybe put it another way is that there are times when our flesh, a term Paul would use, really wants to go in a different direction than the direction that Jesus wants us to go. There are some kingdom teachings very clearly of the kingdom, and some values that are of the kingdom that are unquestionably countercultural and simply not the way we would roll if we were left on our own, at least for some of us, or maybe I should say, at least for me. So last night I had the opportunity to do an online teaching. There were maybe 22, 25 folks that joined me. And I was talking about this very issue of how countercultural so much of what Jesus teaches us to do is, especially when you look at what's happening in our world today. Now, I want you to think about just a couple things that Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount and how different it is from the way most of us would naturally act or the way that people around us choose. Jesus says things like, if someone slaps you in the face, offer them the other cheek. If they tell you to go the extra mile, go another mile. If they want your coat, give them your cloak also. Now those are... Those are clearly teachings that come from Jesus, and they're also clearly countercultural. And it's important for us to remember that when Jesus was saying these things to those people, he wasn't saying that that's the way you are to be with people you love or that show that they love you. He was talking about some of what was going on in the tradition of the Roman oppressors. You know, that, that was just the way it was. If... If you said something out of line, a Roman soldier was able to slap you right in the face. And Jesus says, what should you do? Turn the other cheek. Let him him have at that. If they had a burden they didn't want to carry, they could simply say to you, you're obliged to carry it with me for one mile. So here it's yours. And the idea would be at the end of that mile, they'd find someone else. And what does Jesus say? Don't go just one mile. Go a second mile. 
and they could demand things of you. And you can imagine living under an oppressive rule, how hard this would be and how to do it in a way that didn't cause anger to rise up inside of us. And yet, that was what Jesus was saying. And it's a kingdom thing. It's the way of the kingdom. It's the right thing. And there is something deeply spiritual about that. So here's what I think. First, I think this would be very hard and that the only way we can pull it off is to ask the Holy Spirit to help, help us. It's kind of a suffering for Jesus' sake, but it's really, really hard to embrace that as a way of life. So let's look at this. You know, Gandhi and Martin Luther King both believed in nonviolence, and both of them also believed that this was the way of Christ. And they had this internal conviction that when you choose not to strike back, evil loses some of its power. And Gandhi even believed that by not striking back, it somehow appeals to something inside of the oppressor and lets them know that even in their doing it, it is wrong. And so there is a sense in which doing this is for other people. It could, in fact, help them. It could, in fact, turn them. There's also a sense in which doing it forms us. I mean, we know we're not to use power for personal gain. We know we're not supposed to lash out. We know that God says, don't take vengeance. Let the outcome be all up to him. And so there's something that's formed in us. And I'm not saying it's natural at all. But I am saying that it is, in fact, quite biblical. And there's also something spiritual that goes on. I think that we live in a spiritual atmosphere. And evil is at work and good is at work. And that when we choose to lash out because someone lashed out at us, we're actually contributing to the power of darkness. But when we choose not to, it contributes to the way of the kingdom. Now, the scripture I was really focusing on last night comes out of the book of Romans, where Paul, he picks up with Jesus the theme of, don't, uh, don't lash out to people that are persecuting you, that are hurting you, that are speaking ill against you, that are standing against you. Instead, he says, bless them. Do you hear that? Bless them. That's, that's hard to do. I mean, I think of the fact that I have a few books out there, and sometimes I read a review, and the person has just ripped me apart. And it would be hard for me to say that my first initial reaction is, well, wouldn't that be a good time for me to bless them? And yet there is a sense in Scripture that that's part of what God is saying to us. That to walk the way of Jesus demands that we don't always react to the opposition and the persecution and the criticism of others, even what, the, what they've done is absolutely wrong. But in fact, that we're able to turn and to actually bless them. An honest bless them. Now, I'm going to say a word about that as to how we get to that point. But I want to read another scripture to you that comes out of 1 Corinthians chapter 4. This is Paul writing to the church in Corinth, and he says this, We work hard with our hands. 
When we are cursed, we bless. When we are persecuted, we endure it. When we are slandered, we answer kindly. Wow. I mean, that is not my first reaction to what I would do if someone were cursing me or persecuting me or slandering me. And yet, Paul is saying that this is the kingdom way. Now, I don't want you to think that by saying that, there's not room for us to go to God and lament. Someone has treated us in an ill way. Someone has said things about us that are unkind. They may have betrayed us. They may have taken advantage of us. I think it would be almost impossible to immediately go, oh, wow, this is a great opportunity for me to bless that person. Probably where we need to start is going before the Father and learning the importance of lamenting, to grieve our loss, to say to God it hurt, to let that pain get up and out before him. We know the psalmist did it, and sometimes they pretty much burnt the house down when they were upset with someone. But what you'll notice about most of all the lament psalms is they end with a doxology, a praise to God, a handing this over to God, and a desire to do what is right. And so what, what we see here in Scripture is that, yes, as Christians, there are going to be times when we are slandered against, when people say things that are not true, when we are persecuted, when people are unkind, and that we probably need to go through a process of first pausing and going before the Lord and talking to the Lord about how it feels. And then we need to move to bless. I want you to think about this word bless. I mean, by the way, when people hurt me, there, there are certain blessings I'd like to give them. And I mean that in a very pejorative, negative way. But when we really think about the notion of blessing, what we're talking about here is through the power of the Spirit, when someone is rising against us, we want to speak words of life. We want to bless them with abundance. We want to bless them with well-being. Now, one of the things Paul says in Romans is that we want to be sincere in our love, and I think it's impossible to be sincere in blessing someone else if we haven't started by touching the loss and touching the pain. I mean, after all, look at our Lord. He did forgive from Calvary. He did ask the Father to not hold it against him, but the night before he grieved his loss, he had his lament. He felt the pain. And then as the Father restored him, he was able to move into this posture that Paul's talking about here. The ability to bless someone who has hurt us. Now, I, I want you to know, if, if you are of the Lord, which you are, I am sure, and you have the Holy Spirit living within you, which you do, I am sure, then these kind of words have spiritual power. Speaking them out into the heavenlies, even when you're not saying them directly to the person that has hurt you, has a certain amount of power. It, it does carry the power to possibly help them. But it also, <clears throat> excuse me, has the power to shape us, to not let evil take root. 
to not let vain imaginations rise up. I think this is something that God wants us to understand. That it's a tough teaching, but there are reasons why we do turn to people and bless those who curse us. There are reasons because it could help them. There are reasons because it can form us. And there are reasons because it can change the spiritual atmosphere in which we are living. Now, now right now, I just wonder. I wonder if you could ask the Lord, is there anyone right now, or has there been somebody, that I've kind of pushed into the resources of my mind that hurt me and I've kind of just cut them off? Have I grieved that loss? Have I allowed you to touch me in my suffering, to bring me a resurrection life out of this pain? And will you help me to shape a blessing over even those who have hurt me? Speaking words of life, blessings of abundance, and a hope for well-being. Jesus himself said, showing love to people that love us, that's good, but that's the easy way. But to show love to people that have been unloving, that's harder, but that is the kingdom way. May the time come where we can say, because we have met the Lord in our own pain, even when we're cursed, we will bless. Even when we're persecuted, we will endure. And even when we are slandered, we will answer others kindly. If we do that, evil will not win the day. May God help us all. And today, I bless you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.